So last week we talked about the basic contours of Luther's thought and how they play themselves out in one uh, contemporary context. So last week we talked about Luther and modern-day feminists. And the focus was mostly on ideas. When we talk about the Lutheran Reformation, it's important to ask, what made the Lutheran Reformation different? Why did it stick? There were other attempts to reform the church, and some succeeded more, others less, but none really had the influence that the Lutheran Reformation had over the long haul. It's tempting when you hear that to think that what made the Lutheran Reformation different was the ideas themselves. Like Martin Luther was so brilliant, his ideas so convincing, that the Reformation was just a foregone conclusion once he started writing. But it's obviously a lot more complicated than that. What made the Lutheran Reformation successful wasn't just the coherence of the ideas, but the environment in which they landed. So there's two big environmental or contextual factors that led to the Reformation having the influence that it did. And one is the political environment of the Holy Roman Empire that Luther lived in. If you had a relationship where the Pope and the political leaders were in perfect sync, then any unorthodox ideas could have been squashed immediately. But there was some tension between the Pope and some political leaders, so there was an incentive for people like Frederick the Wise, one of Luther's advocates, to stick up for Luther. That's a gross oversimplification of the political situation, but it's the basic idea anyway. The only reason why Luther doesn't end up dead is that there are politicians who have his back. The other context that matters is a change in publishing and print materials. And here I'm drawing from a book called The Writing in the Wall by Tom Standage. So in the centuries before Luther, it's very difficult to get your hands on print material. If you wanted to get print material, it had to be copied by hand. So it's extremely expensive. It's usually done in monasteries, so making manuscripts of books has a kind of devotional or meditative feel. The books get more ornate, fancier illustrations, etc., etc. So enter into this situation Johannes Gutenberg. About a hundred years before Martin Luther, Gutenberg invented a way to copy printed material that was way easier than what had come before. And there's three things that make his printing press so important. One was the metal letters that could slide into the press. The second was a new kind of ink that could stick to metal letters. And the third was the kind of screw that he used, which was found in wine presses that actually made the press work. Once you got the typeset, you could print hundreds of copies of something a day. This means you could make printed material hundreds of times faster than you could before. So think for an example here about the 95 Theses. They go up in late October 1517. And within two months, there are copies of the 95 Theses appearing in Leipzig, Nuremberg, Basel, all over Europe, paid for by some of Luther's friends. One smart entrepreneur even copied the theses into German from the Latin so that they could be read by everyone. So in theory, they could be read by non-clergy and academics, even if literacy rates were low. One of Luther's friends claimed that within two weeks, the 95 theses were all over Germany and within four weeks, all through Europe. Maybe a little exaggeration here, but the point is still generally right. What's interesting about this is that Luther's writings start to take on a dynamic similar to the way social media platforms work today. One person in Wittenberg shares something, copies of it are made, someone makes copies of the copies, so on and so on, and then suddenly the theses end up all over Europe, even though Luther didn't intend them to. It's a decentralized way of spreading information. And eventually Luther caught on to the dynamic here, 
that you could write something, hand it off to a printer, and pretty soon it would end up all over. Even though literacy rates were low, having a copy of Luther's pamphlets became a sign of support for the young evangelical movements, a kind of conspicuous consumption. Now, pamphlets weren't free, but they were cheap enough for a lot of people to buy. And this is part of the reason why Luther wrote a lot of pamphlets, not books. Because it's easier and cheaper to spread pamphlets, which run for a couple dozen pages. Kind of like church bulletins today. Pamphlets are also easier to hide if they're banned, as they were for Luther. It's easier to hide a brochure than it is a series of thick books. So if you use social media today, the way you know whether something goes viral is the number of likes, shares, plus ones, retweets, or whatever. And the equivalent when Luther was alive was editions of a pamphlet. If you look at the early 1520s when Luther was in his most prolific era of writing, there were about 8,000 edition of, editions of pamphlets published in German-speaking areas. And about a quarter of all of those were written by Luther and only of a few dozen works. There's about 6 million pamphlets floating around, and about a third of them were written by Luther. So it's hard to overstate the influence of Luther in the German-speaking areas. There were efforts at church reform before, but you probably only knew about them if you were a clergy or an academic or somebody who lived in the immediate area. Not so for Luther. There's a few other important things happening here besides pamphlets. One is the birth of what's called the news ballad. A news ballad is a song that had lyrics about something that happened, so you would sing the song, it would get stuck in people's heads, and then you would teach it to other people. It's an early version of what we would call an earworm. In 1523, Luther tried out his own hand at this with a news ballad about two monks who were executed for not recanting their Lutheran beliefs. Another important tool of the time is woodcuts. Woodcuts were pictures that could easily be printed on pamphlets. Think of them like an early version of editorial cartoons you see in the paper. The nice thing about woodcuts is that you can understand them even if you don't read. Some of these are, for modern viewers, incredibly crass. If you Google Reformation woodcut devil, you can get an idea of what I'm talking about. It's worth noting here that the effect of this kind of media is debated among scholars. Some people think that the new technology had an immense impact. And other people think that it's overstated since most people couldn't read, and what really mattered was the backing of the political class. This is interesting because there's also an ongoing debate over the role of social media in reform movements. During the Arab Spring in 2011 and the Green Revolution in Iran, there was a lot of argument over how large of a role Twitter played. It was certainly used a lot, but how much of a difference did it actually make on the ground? It's basically the same argument that we're having about Luther. And it's obviously way oversimplistic to say that the new media was why the Lutheran Reformation worked. There's too many other factors that you have to account for. But on the other hand, it certainly had a role in its spread and what made it so powerful. Mm -hmm.